this for history. The sisters are going to win gold together. The Olympic champions, world champions, world record holders. They defend their title and they break the world record. Well done, Australia. Two gold medals on the opening night. The winner is Cindy. Australia has won the gold medal in the women's sevens rugby. Yes, she did get it. I was right. Pearson is the Olympic champion. They What do you think we come here for? Silver? Stuff the silver, we come for the gold. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend. What a champion. Madams and messieurs, welcome to another episode of the Sitting on Our Rings podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Trent. Say hello, Trent. Hello, Trent. <laughs> and hello, Brendan. That, uh, you're sticking with that one, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Look, it works. <laughs> it works. Uh, yeah, welcome to another episode. This is episode four of our little little Olympic show. So four, epi- four episodes in. We're chugging along. I know. We're practically podcast superstars now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it is start me somewhere. You, yeah, so. yeah. Well, it's you and I'm here as well. Mm. <laughs> Look, this episode we're going to be looking at some of our something that we're both actually quite passionate about in terms of we both love music. We've both worked mm. in music retail for a very long time, <laughs> um, and we're going to look at our favorite Olympic songs, official and unofficial. But before we dive into that, there is a little bit of news I wanted to touch on. Uh, from this week, not involving Brisbane 2032. <laughs> Although they did announce plans for that second M1 highway <laughs> the other day. Mm, so, you know, might things... Be coming together. You never know. But that is the um, the biggest news, I think, in the world of Olympics this week is that Paris unveiled the official logo mm. um, for the 2024 Games. Now, there'd been a little bit of discussion about this on the Olympic Fever podcast, um, you know, that they're unveiling the logo and, mm. and everything. And I, I made a comment on there and I wanted to get your feelings on it which is do you like it how a games will have a bid for like a logo for their bid and then they'll change it for the games or do you the reason i ask is because there's been several olympics where i've really preferred (laughs) the bid logo i've really liked the bid logo and i've been disappointed when they've changed it um tokyo was one Mm. um I, I liked their bid logo. I hated the original logo. Mm. I was so disappointed that they changed it. I don't mind the the one they landed on, but yeah. still, um, Athens didn't really change a hell of a lot. But London, for example, like we should do an episode ranking our favorite logos. Oh, actually, yeah. but London, I I despised their pink purple crap that they ended mm. up. It was looked horrible. But mm. their their bid logo was really nice and classy, yeah. and 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 I not obviously. Hadn't seen the new Paris one yet, but I really liked their bid logo, mm. how it was the numbers, you know, two and four, making the Eiffel Tower. It suited the... It, I just really, really liked mm. it. And I also really liked the Los Angeles 2028 logo. Mm. I, I hope they stay with that, although they probably won't. Um, so, yeah, what, what's your take on... 
are there some bid logos that you've liked better that you wish games had kept or are you happy to see them have a change um i probably am maybe a traditionalist more than anything so i'm happy for bid logos and you know official logos to be the same mm-hmm. like you know i th- and it's <laughs> i will love the sydney logo is my favorite only yeah. because of the way that it incorporated you know the sales of the opera house mm-hmm. to within it but you know that's uh not being biased um no. but like I th- that has been my favorite logo um i thought the colors for london were an interesting choice like the purple and the pink it, yeah we yeah. should touch on that on a future episode yeah. actually so um, so i'm i'm happy if they were the same okay. i think it then it creates familiarity with with people as well especially now that you know there could be a new format where they're awarding two games at the mm-hmm. same time in the future so you know you'd have four different logos running around and about see that's the thing though too because with them awarding games earlier i mean not so much with paris because it, it was the seven years pretty much um but like with la that logo would have been around for a hell of a long time by the time it comes to say you know 2027 mm. and they're going to release that new logo the year out like there's a hell of a lot of you know that that bid logo will be very recognizable mm. and then a year out they're going to change it yeah like if they are going to change it I almost think they should do it sooner mm. if they're going to award games you know mm. 11 years out mm. or whatever mm. but no i i, I I, 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 there are some where I genuinely love the change like Vancouver for example like their bid logo was boring as hell <laughs> and I really liked their games logo like sometimes it's for the better but <clears throat> pardon me but yeah sometimes I just really like the bid logo mm. like I remember being distraught when they announced they were going to change the Sydney logo because <laughs> yeah. that particularly I mean obviously we notice it more and if you've listened to the last three episodes you'll know that Sydney's very <laughs> it's Close a very big part house. of our lives so we, yeah. we refer to it a lot um, because That's, you know, probably one of the the good things that made us friends is yeah. like that. You well, know, but we're also not in a country that hosts an Olympics no. every ten years. Yeah. Mm. We don't have a lot to go on. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I loved that logo, and it was everywhere for five and a half, six years, and then. Was it 98 or 99 they unveiled uh, the... Yeah, about might have been 98, 98, 98, I think it was, um, yeah. They unveiled the official. And it, as much as I adore that logo, and I do adore it, I'm the same as you, it's much spoiler alert, if we do do a, mm. <laughs> a logo mm. episode, um, it is my favourite as well. But it's it took a while for me to get used to it because I was so used to that bid logo and I loved that bid logo and... Just seeing that bid logo, it reminded me so much of, you know, the winner is Sydney and, mm, and stuff mm, like that. Mm. Like, it was so ingrained in, in the zeitgeist for that games and then they changed it. Mm. But, yeah, it, it, it is. And it that's is. interesting because I've got at home one year when I went to Sydney to go to the Olympic store and um, the official Olympic store in Sydney in, in the Pitt Street Mall. And looking back on it now... <laughs> God, I wish I had. More I'd money. taken like <laughs> five hundred or a thousand dollars. I would have gone nuts and come home with a few extra suitcases. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Remembering what was in there, yeah. But I have and what they're worth now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I have merchandise that has the old bid logo on it, and to have stuff that had you know the new, mm. the current and the official logo of it as well. The two, you know, different ones. Yeah. At home. So it's good. And I think 
the old the one have got like you know remember those little fake number plates that have your name on it and yes. stuff like that you know the Sydney 2000 and it has the old the bid logo on it and then when I was down there I got an updated one oh, nice. with the official symbol on it yeah that's cool <laughs> I the only because I didn't start collecting until the official logo you know I didn't really start collecting until 2000 um, but the only thing I've got and I found it in 2001 I think at a souvenir shop on the Gold Coast Pacific Fair randomly one day they still had a pin with the original bid logo and I grabbed it straight <laughs> away because you, obviously you just couldn't get stuff with the bid logo anymore but mm. yeah well anyway that that's a long way of getting to the fact that Paris have unveiled um, their new logo and I will eat eat crow um, there's an alarm going off somewhere <laughs> so if you can hear that I don't know where that's coming <laughs> from um, I actually really like it what do you think? Uh, after looking at it and saying that going, I think that it's a pretty good logo for Paris. Like that little cheeky bit with yeah. there with, with the lips. <laughs> and that's what has the, caused the most controversy all around the world is like having those lips on there. But, well, you know, obviously, you know, you can talk about where the origins of where the lips come from. Well, that's what I was about to say. So it's, it's three images combined to make the one logo so if you've got the gold medal which is probably the most predominant um then you've got the flame within the gold medal and then you've got the lips which they're not just there for a reason now i'm i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this so i do apologize isn't it marianne yeah well i was gonna say marianne yeah, <laughs> i think i think well, i heard someone talking about it like last night and i think it's got a marianne this is where i need my wife here because she yeah. can speak french yeah. pretty <laughs> fluently actually maybe you can just edit jess in saying it <laughs> No, um, <laughs> too much work. <laughs> um, so and it's it's and she is because um, I even had a look like she's the the national personification of the French um, Republic since the French Rev- uh, can't even talk sorry since the French Revolution. So there is a reason for it to be there. And to be honest, it wasn't until I started seeing the memes of like the Paris logo wants to speak to your manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the <laughs> Paris logo looks like Rachel from Friends. Um, <laughs> The Paris logo is the kind of logo that will, um, like, have a cigarette and, <laughs> like... It was After you like, win a medal, it'll have yeah, a cigarette as well. Yeah, like, and it, look, it, it's funny, but I actually, I quite like it. Um, and, and one thing that's really important, and this is a first, is it's going to be the same logo for the Able Body Olympics and the Paralympics. Man, you stole my thunder. I was going to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's a big deal mm. because they it's are... It's a very big deal. Yeah, the first time ever. They are looking to really incorporate the two and, and then not be... it. Uh, and look, I'm guilty of it myself, I will admit, and I, I, I hand to my heart, I, you know, I have changed probably the last two Olympics... But even I used to have that attitude of, well, it's not the real Olympics, mm. you know, like it's the it's the baby brother of the big show, mm. like, you know, but it, it, that attitude has certainly changed a lot and it's changed a lot in the zeitgeist as well. And that's another thing actually that came out, was it this week or, or the, the late the week before, where there's a record number of tickets that have been sold in the initial lottery in Japan for the Paralympics. Mm. Because and, and a lot of people are saying it's because tickets for, for the Olympics have been so popular and they're so hard to get that the Paralympics are selling like crazy. Mm-hmm. And they haven't even... I don't even think they've gone on sale to the public yet. Like, I think it's the original no, lottery. They've I've had like any, a record number yet. of applicants. Because is it... Is Sydney still the most 
viewed Paralympics in terms of spectators or did London top it? I think Sydney is still quite up there. Sydney Paralympics took everyone by surprise mm. with the, the spectators being full. You know, or the stadiums and all the venues well, still being full. We talked about full. it on the Sydney episode. Is we, yeah, we did. We still had Olympic fever and people did and not want to let it go. Yeah, that's right. And, and it was a way of recapturing it, being in the same venues and mm. seeing, you know, the same sports and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and they did a deal as well where I think it was for all the venues at Homebush, it was like 50 bucks. Mm. And you could go between venues. You mm. got to see multiple sports. It, mm. it, you know, it was general admission to everything yep. and it was you went wherever there was a free seat, essentially. Mm. Um, which is a cool idea, actually. I, I, I like that. But yeah, so the Paralympics are selling like crazy and, and the same logo. So, well, and, you know, I think that's great, really bringing the two events together yes. like that. And I like the Paris symbol. Talk a, talk a little bit what you think about it because I just want to quickly, while you're talking, I just remembered something. So sort of filibuster while I check something on, <laughs> on Twitter because um, I want to check something. Well, you know, I like the, the gold colour of it. I think that that's re- that's really good, just the gold and the white. Um, and when you look at it too, you can, you know, it's one of those symbols where you can see, you know, the flame with the lips but then you look at it a different way and it does look like a human face with the hair coming down the side. Mm. I wish lips, someone is, hadn't mentioned the Rachel thing because since they've said it, I genuinely can see it. <laughs> and unfortunately, now I can see it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing I did really like about it. Um, and again, this is probably going to be a spoiler alert if we do do a logo episode, is I'm a big fan of the Atlanta logo. Um, because I love, as we've said before, I love the Olympic torch. I love the Olympic flame. I, I love those two icons of the games. And... I adored that the Atlanta logo was the torch. And, it, you know, the 100 looked like the column. It, it was just beautiful logo. I loved that logo. And that was honestly the first thing I thought of when I saw this one with the big flame silhouette front and centre. I'm like, that's kind of the first time since Atlanta, to my knowledge. I, yeah, I don't even think of Paralympics. A, a, a Paralympics or a, um, a Winter Olympics has had it where... The flame is actually part of the logo. Oh, mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Send me a tweet. But I, 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 can't, I can't recall. I can't think it. I know, yeah, it was in the Atlanta one. And I'd... Yeah. Like it wasn't London. It wasn't Rio. Some wasn't people Sydney. have said that, like, the Sydney thing, like, the silhouette of the opera house is meant to be someone carrying the torch. But I don't know. Like, I've there's several ways you can interpret that one. It's someone running past the opera house or it's someone holding, like, a ribbon that makes mm. the sails. Mm. It, it can mm. be taken a few ways. And the but, unique thing of... Everyone's legs were always the shape of a boomerang. Boomerang, yeah, yeah, yeah the old pictograms. Mm, mm, it would mm. actually be interesting to see the. They haven't. I don't think they've released the pictograms yet for Tokyo, but that'll that'll be interesting too, actually. But uh, yeah, I I'm down for the logo. I stand corrected. I I like it. I I think I like it better than the bid logo, actually. Even mm. though I did really like the the incorporation of the Eiffel Tower with mm. the numbers two and four. That and was that's really and clever. You know, every country wants to incorporate a little bit of you know, their national identity into a flame. And, you know, the Marianne is quite an important figure in French history. Mm. You've got to include, you know, maybe include a little bit of your country's mm. yeah, history into the flame. And it could have easily, have, you know, at the Eiffel Tower would have been an easy pick yep. to keep it. You know, that's then, you know, a national tourism icon for them as well. Mm. But, you know, having a bit of French, you know, history in there as well, I think it's a good choice. Well, at least we didn't have the... Debar- debacle that was the unveiling of the Tokyo logo a few oh, years ago. Yeah. 
Man, I don't know what they were thinking there. <laughs> well, yeah, I think a, yeah, the listeners will probably just need to research It was just that. a horrible-looking logo. It, the colours were bland. It looked mm. nothing like anything. Mm-hmm. And then it, when you, it came out that that company, it looked exactly like their logo. <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> I don't, I don't know in this day and age how that happened. I and when, really you know, don't. the Japanese, you know, society and culture pride themselves on perfection and mm. that kind of stuff, I was very surprised that... I'm so that, glad that they changed it because mm. that was that was topping London I wonder for if my they least favourite logo. I wonder if they were listening to public opinion on that. I don't know. I honestly think it was the fact that they were going to be sued whether, through the ass for... Mm, <laughs> or whether the IOC, yeah, jumped in and said, you got to change that. Yeah, you that. need to change that logo because yeah. it's... Yeah. It's pretty bad. Mm. But look, from a, d- a bad logo to a couple of good songs. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do our top five unofficial um, Olympic songs. And then we're going to move on to our top five official. So, unofficial is for art. Actually, no, sorry. Before we jump onto that, there was one thing I wanted to mention just briefly in the news. Is um, Channel 7, who is Australia's Olympic network. Um, they came out this week. They had their upfronts for next year. And they released a tweet talking about um, their coverage next year for Tokyo 2020. Um, And it says, A summer games in our time zone for the first time in 12 years. Uh, With 24-7 coverage, we predict a game's bigger than Sydney 2000, a forecast reach of plus 21 million Australians. Mm. That excites me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, 24-hour channel coverage. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, you know, a lot night. of that's going to be app and yeah, streaming. App and streaming, and during the night it'll be all like repeats Replays. of the of the day's action, which is great. Or probably for, things that they didn't show yeah, in prime time. Yeah, as that's well. right. You know, you might see you know rowing heats, whereas you know you might only see semifinals, but you might get to see you know the 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 D, the E, and the C finals, mm-hmm. not just the A final. Yeah, and so you know, and you know, let's not. Let's not be wrong. You know, countries favour their athletes, so of sometimes you do. don't even get to see a final if it doesn't have an Australian. No, in it. and you know, people criticise the local broadcasters for doing that, but it's like they're the local broadcaster. Like I get it. You know, there's the extreme where in 2012, when Channel Nine had the Olympics, and they would literally just show the same of like replays of the same two or three events that we medalled in over and over and over. Mm. They had two channels going at the same time showing the same footage except one was a high definition which was bullshit yeah um but yeah so it's there's two ways you can go about it you can do it the wrong way like channel nine did and they only had the one summer games Mm. thank god um and then channel seven got it back and rio was fantastic because Mm. they had three networks Mm. so you've got seven seven mate and seven two they were all showing different events live. Mm. And then you had the Seven Olympics app, which was showing... You could essentially watch everything. Mm. And they, they on that um, app, they were showing, you know, handball between... Denmark Denmark, Denmark, <laughs> Denmark versus like the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I watched some of that stuff. Mm. Because, you know, that stuff we would never get to see. No. As in, you know, previous broadcasts that they've had. It's just... You know, if an yeah. Australian's in a semi-final or a final, that's what you get to see. So. And I did tweet Channel 7 um, in response to that. I said, for the love of Bruce McAvaney, please, who is the voice of the Olympics in Australia, if you, if you don't know who that is, please bring back the dream with Roy <laughs> and HG for this, this Olympics. Because like we've said before, it's in our time zone, which means 
there will be a time of night because they're two hours behind. Mm. So if you say around 10 or 11 o'clock, most our events time, finish it at 10. So, you know, do a late night talk show like they did in Sydney, like they did in Athens, like they did in Salt Lake with Roy and HG because people will watch it. And even if you put it exclusively on the app or something like, bring them back. It's mm. 20 years since Sydney. People, I mean, you're already on a winner. Just put that little icing on the cake and yeah. bring Roy and HG even back. Even if they just did it for the two of us, we yeah. promised we would watch every episode. <laughs> Honestly, even if it's a, if it's not a full-on two-hour show like it used to be, even if it's a, a half-hour, 40-minute wrap-up, mm. you know, with ads, say 40-minute show with commercials would take you to an hour. Mm. Just that. Mm. That's all I need to they'll do. Have, and, you know, they'll have much easier access to, you know, the, or they have good access to athletes as well because it's just within the same time zone. Whereas, you know, with Athens crossing to... Yeah. When they were doing their show... They were crossing they were, to live events. Yeah. Because of the time difference. But, I mean, the other thing is, too, realistically, you don't even need to take them to, to Japan. Base them here in Australia in a studio. Easy as, They yeah. can do live crosses. Mm. Well, they don't even need to do interviews. They can just recap the day's events and mm. do their crazy commentary and, mm. and talk about the events and stuff. Mm. Like, they don't need to do the live interviews. Mm. I hope someone at Channel Seven sees that tweet. Yeah, all the all the official Channel Seven and and AOC people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, if there are any, I'm <laughs> sure not. one somewhere. Yeah, if you're listening, you know, please tell get your friends to like us on Facebook. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter, and yeah, we'll, yeah. at least we'll know that that someone's out there and <laughs> who's important. Who's well, not that. Uh, I'm just digging myself a hole here. Let's move on to songs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as I was saying before. Um, Unofficial songs, we're going to do our top five and then move on to our top five official. So it's going to be 10 songs from the each of us. Um, I can guarantee there's going to be some overlaps. I should know for a I fact there's going to be some that. overlaps. Guarantee that as well. Um, so unofficial songs for, for us are songs that feature in TV coverage, um, movies, uh, songs that, you, that you've been, that have been played at, events that you've gone to just mm. just those general sort of sporting songs mm. that can be played in ad campaigns whatever mm. essentially songs that aren't officially performed at the olympics mm. um you know there can be songs that are performed at closing ceremonies even if they're not an official anthem of the games and then obviously your official songs are you know the, the likes of say gloria stefan reach which mm. i'm sure will be coming up later and you know um Tina Arena's The Flame and stuff like that. So th- that's the difference because I I, I really, like I have a, a playlist um, on my old iPod <laughs> um, and I've, I've sort of got one on Spotify as well that I've made that's just, and I combine the two. Like I have all the official and the unofficial ones and stuff all combined together and they all get me as equally pumped up, mm. you know, for, for an Olympics. Um, I even listen to them during the Commonwealth Games and things like that, Winter Olympics. Um, they all serve the same purpose. So I, I, I needed to touch on the unofficial as well as the official. I think it's only mm, fair. Mm. And I think the whole point, you know, like one of the points of base is that music creates memories. Yes. That's, that's just our mindset that hearing songs and whatnot can always take people to certain places and points and times in their life where they were doing something or remember something and that's what music does. Definitely. So... Let's start with your number five for your unofficial songs. And what what are we... What's number five? Uh, Well, number five, I'm 
I'm going to pick uh, a song called Carry the Flame from John Stevens. Now, I probably believe that you think that it is an official song, but... I'm borderline with this yes, one. Yes, <laughs> and, 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 and I understand that. I just didn't want, I didn't want to put it in my top five because there's songs in my official top five that yeah. I could have had an official top ten, yeah. I'll be honest. I guess just this particular one, it... You know, it wasn't performed in an opening or closing ceremony. No. It was written for the um, uh, flame relay the around relay Austra- in, in Australia. The torch yeah. relay around Australia. I guess it was maybe the first song in our mind that we can associate with the Olympics because we didn't know what any of the songs That's at the true. opening and closing ceremonies were going to be. Do you remember be. the album that this was the single from? I think it was called Olympics Off the Record. Record, yes. And it had this and then a whole heap of random songs from Australian artists yep. that meant nothing. I have that CD at I home. I have it somewhere too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's right next to my uh, opening ceremony from yeah. Sydney. <laughs> um, but Let's just listen to the chorus for a sec. And of course, the artist John Stevens, um, New Zealand singer, but has a huge career in Australia, most famously for um, heading the 80s, 90s pop rock band Noiseworks, who mm. I love. Mm. Um, you know, was in Jesus Christ Superstar here, mm. which was another big deal. And mm. yeah, he, he did the theme mm. for the Torch Relay. Yeah. And I think that was for me, because we got to hear it every day for. Quite a few weeks. hundred days. Yeah, yeah, for a hundred days. And so that kind of like really associated a song mm-hmm. to the Sydney Olympics because I knew I had it coming up. I knew I was going and just wondering what all this mm. Olympic excitement was about, you know, enjoying it. this was released as a single too. Yeah, I don't was, think it cracked top 50. But I don't think so, It, was, it no. cracked top 100, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, yeah, I just, and I can still listen to it and still have the memories of watching, you know, the the torch relay daily coverage as it has is and then uh they are no i'm just listening to the chorus (laughs) (laughs) keep talking because we're reviewing it so we can keep playing it (laughs) so i mean i did do you have any memories of that song Same, same as you essentially for me the big one was when the torch relay started um this was on every ad break on channel seven um it was in every night on the news. It, like after it left Queensland, when they stopped doing that daily half-hour special, mm. every night on the news that uh, before the weather, they'd have like the flame update for that day, and it would start with this song. This instrumental part got yep. played so much. Yep, like just showing highlights of the torch relay. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I'm the same as you with that one. We'll um we'll fade him out now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I have a lot of memories of that song too. Mm. Pretty much the same as you. Yep. It's um. Yeah, it it was a great song. I think it's worthy of being in some one of our twenty songs that we get to play. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Seems we like both remember it. De- yeah, mm. I, well, I mean, anything associated with Sydney, we we definitely mm. both mm. remember. But mm. no, carry the flame is definitely a worthy, you know, inclusion somewhere. Inclusion, and yep. yeah, you're right. It should be. So if it missed out on being in the official top five, I'll allow it for being in the Thank unofficial because it wasn't it wasn't it. Um, yeah performed at a, a ceremony or anything, mm. but. Yeah, so that's your number five unofficial. So you have a number five? I do have a number five unofficial. And uh, just so all the listeners know, I don't know any of Brendan's songs or any of the order that he's going to do it in. No. But he knows mine for I know your purposes. I know yours for the fact that 
I needed to make sure I had them all mm. <laughs> so I could so I'd be able to play them while we talked about them but I don't know the order mm. that you're going to have them in so but like I said to you when we were messaging about it the other day to organize the episode mm. you're like but you'll know my order I'm like well let's be honest your top 5 official songs going to have a, B, C, and D. Yeah. So, what's the fifth one? And, yep. just and like, I sent him a rude message. <laughs> he was like, Anyone who knows me will know I would have sent him a rude message <laughs> after that. You're just like, F you. <laughs> yeah. like, Am I that predictable? I'm like, well, no. It's just I know what songs you like. Of which he sent me the link to Delta Goodrum's predictable song. <laughs> but look, hey, Delta Goodrum <laughs> has performed at the last two Commonwealth Games here in True, Australia. True, anyway, yeah. But yeah, so my number five, the artist is definitely going to surprise you. Um. So, <laughs> this is the only time you'll ever he- see or hear me rank a Jessica Mowboy song mm. in any sort of countdown <laughs> because I don't like her. But mm. this is a song called That's Where I'll Stay. And this became this... Actually, I guess kind of like Carry the Flame. It's, it's, it's not an official Olympic song. No. But this became the quote-unquote official... I'm doing the inverted commas here with my fingers, which is great on an audio medium. This was the quote-unquote official theme song for the Australian Olympic team mm. of 2016. 16, yeah. Um, to the point where they made a video with like a lot of the athletes, athletes yeah. and mm. in their teams and in mm. their uniforms, like singing the chorus mm. of this song mm. with Jess Malboy mm. out at their you know training venues and that sort of stuff. So I. I liked the song. Um, yeah. I still do. Um, it's I in my Olympic mix. Yeah, I completely remember it. And it, you know, and Jessica never officially released on any of her albums or anything. No, like it that. Only, like, was only sing- a, yeah. it was only a digital single. Mm, um, mm. Which, I mean, twenty sixteen, it was still on iTunes. Yeah. You know, you could. Pay, I paid the dollar sixty nine for it. Mm. I paid for a Jessica Malboy song. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Things um, Brenda never does. No, but uh, yeah, I, I just think it's a really cool. Um, motivational song um, whenever I hear it I picture that video um, any listeners like any overseas listeners jump on YouTube and type in you know Jessica Malboy that's where I'll stay or you mm. know Australian Olympic team that's where I'll stay it, it, the video will pop up and it was, mm. it was a cool video and it, it, mm. it in the lead up to Rio I listened to this song a lot yeah <laughs> look, I was, can say I really enjoyed the song too yeah yeah so occasionally you'd it'd sneak onto the radio here and there. Oh really? Yeah. Like like maybe like on ninety seven three or something okay. like that. More like your pop stations. Yes, your pop but, stations, yes. But this was another one in the lead up to Rio, Channel Seven used this this was the song they used yes. for their advertising. Yep. And again, a lot of commercial breaks, um, you know, just things promoting the Olympics, they used this song. Mm, mm. Um so yeah, I I do have a soft spot for it, and it is literally the only Jessica Malboy song that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my number five unofficial is is Jessica Malboy. That's where I'll stay. Okay, so that's my number five. What's your number four? Uh, all right, my number four. We've also got an Australian artist. Now I don't think a lot of people are going to know this artist or like really remember her, but I would say that she found fame. And success probably through this song it's an artist called amy pearson and the song's called ready to fly um it was used for in the commercials for uh the beijing games in oh, 2008 that's 
Okay, because I have yeah. a confession to make. Mm. I couldn't remember this song. Mm. And when you're like Amy Pearson ready to fly, I'm like, what the hell is that? Mm. Mm. And I had to search for it. I searched for on Spotify, make sure it was there this morning. Because that's what I wanted to do. I made sure I wanted they were either on Spotify or I had them. Otherwise, I wanted to have the YouTube mm. teed up okay. so yep. go yep. straight yep. away. Yep. Um, but yeah, I couldn't remember this song. And when the chorus came on, I'm sort of like, I'm pretty sure Channel 7 used this for advertising, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was mm, for. Mm. But ne- that, you're right, yeah, Beijing. Yep, and uh, sometimes they would use it like, when they're wrapping up footage for the day, you know, they're closing for the evening. Mm-hmm. They'd put on the highlights and put, like, ready to fly on there. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's coming back to me now. Yeah, I think maybe when people hear the chorus. Hmm. I'm, so so far we're using a lot of things. We keep referring to Channel Seven. So I'm assuming. I mean, obviously don't live there, but I'm assuming the NBC has songs as well that they associate with their advertising. That yes, yeah, I'm, I'm sure all countries do. But mm. but yeah, there's there's one coming up in my unofficial, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's coming up in yours that um, is a big one that Channel mm. Seven used. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but we'll come to that. You know, the songs. It's a kind of. You know, an easy listening pop, inspirational, inspirational song. Yeah, like you know, unfortunately, Amy Pearson didn't really have a much of a career beyond this song, and she released an album, didn't go anything. But I think, well, she's on Spotify. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I do remember thinking back on songs that I've heard that would get me, you know, excited for an Olympic Games in the coverage. You know, they started to increase the song a lot, Law, and I do, I do remember it, and it might be a little bit of a forgotten song, but I just associate that with the Beijing Games and just, you know, seeing highlights and looking forward to um, 2008. When, and you know, having it back in our time zone, when 2004, the, you know, the Atlanta Games, uh, you know, Sometimes a little bit... Athens. You know, a- sorry, Athens, I should say. Yeah, like, you know, seeing empty venues and there was a bit of a feeling of like, oh. Mm. Like and, like, and knowing what a great job China would, would do with the games yeah. of 2008 and which they did. Mm-hmm. So, cool. yeah, that, so that, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a, a choice for me. And I you know, remember that song only for mm. leading into Beijing. Well, I, since you've brought it back to my attention, I will have to add it to my playlist mm. um, for future listens. So no, I'm, I'm glad you... Because, yeah, that, that's one I, I genuinely couldn't remember. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad I had a surprise for yeah, you. Yeah, no, you brought <laughs> it back. You, you're bringing it back. So, so that's your unofficial number four. So... <laughs> so now we'll uh, we'll move on to my number four. Now my number four is an odd one. Um, I I don't know if you're going to remember this song. It's called called Salt Water by an artist called Chicane, most famous for doing their duet with Brian, Brian Adams, Adams in the yep. year two thousand. Speaking of the year two thousand, <laughs> this song is what they used for the special that we've talked about before on here briefly called Reflections. Um, and specifically, the the opening of the Reflections special was all about, was all highlights of the opening ceremony, opening mm. night of the Sydney 2000 Games. And 
this was the song that they used and they just had a massive montage of opening ceremony highlights to this song and I've always loved it. Mm. Um, and sort of the vocal in this song is what they used for the reflections, the in, ins and outs of the um, coming to and from commercial mm. breaks, how mm. they had the little water droplet and stuff. Um, so yeah, Reflections was a special that they aired after the final event on the last day of competition for Sydney. It was an hour special recapping the events of the last two weeks um, and the coverage of that led directly into the coverage of the closing ceremony. Mm. And it was a fantastic special. I wished that officially <laughs> released it. Yeah. Thankfully, I recorded it yep. on VHS. I did too. And then transferred it to DVD <laughs> several years later. So I've got a... It looks terrible, but I've got a DVD copy of, mm. and I burnt you a copy mm. a few years ago. Mm. So I do have it on DVD. Um, funny story though, I never knew what this song was. So, and it wasn't until I think 2015, I was at work where we both used to work one day. Um, you were, you transferred to a different mm. store by this time. And one of my work colleagues put on the best of Chicane. No surprises for guessing mm. who that would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old dance music, old Roscoe. Yep. Anyway, um, this song came on and instantly I'm like, shit, this is this is that song from Reflections. Reflections. And like I ran over to the playlist. I said to Russell, I'm like, what CD is this? I can he's imagine like, you bursting into the room. Yeah, going, and he's what like, what CD is this? It's the best of Chicane. I'm like, and I'm looking at the player and I'm like, what track number is it? And I'm looking at the cat. I'm like, it's called Salt Water. And I sent myself a message. So that night, I would find it on iTunes and download it and put it in my sports mix. So I did. And yeah, I just, I love, I just associate this with reflections. Yeah. And it has that big sweeping chorus with the vocals and stuff. Yes. Like it's, it is like. It's not like techno Enya. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Perfect des- description of it. Yeah. So that that's my number four. It, it's an odd one. But yeah, Chicane Saltwater is, is my number four for my unofficial unofficial <laughs> Olympic song. So let's move on to your number three. All right. Well, my number three is going back again to the good old familiar ter- territory of Sydney 2000. Yes. And then there's those opening few bars <laughs> of the song. Uh, 2000 is when U2's album All That You Can't Leave Behind came out mm-hmm. and Beautiful Day had in that September had just been released as a single um, and interestingly, uh, around the time of the Olympics, that's when it was num- num- became number one in the country. Uh, no, I, see, I thought it was a bit after. Mm. No, no, because I, I always associate it with it. So, what, where I get it from is that actually on the when all the official um, coverage for the sport mm-hmm. was over, even after reflections and all, and the commentators had signed off. They used "Beautiful Day" to close the show when all the okay. all the all the um the tech got yep. you know it, all, all the credits the credits for all the tech people and everyone that was a part of the coverage for the whole into the official closing mm. off, and they were on the side they would have footage of mm. all the different. Uh, sporting actors taken during not just Australian stuff but memorable moments and memorable stuff uh, vision like you know yeah. Jane Savile stuff, stuff and you know yeah. and people's expressions and reactions to making finals or missing out like you know that's why I say like, one of the things I remember is um, they showed a big wheel of um, when Tams and Lewis had just missed out on the 800 metre mm-hmm. uh, women's final by one one hundredth of a second and yep. looking at 
the disappointment on her face to miss a fi- an Olympic final by one one hundredth of a second. Mm-hmm. This was playing over the background, and then they would uh, cut away into some you know some great footage of you know people smiling and laughing and cheering and crying with their wings up. But that's where the song came for me. So. I'll always, when I hear the song, that's what I think about because I know it came out around the time of the Olympics and it was a huge hit in the country. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was working at Timbal Music at the time and I just recently, um, the album had come out yep. and the song, I'm pretty sure it was number one around that time mm. in 2000. But I remember it as a closing credits for Sydney and for me, you know, that's when uh, they're like, oh my God, it's over. It's over. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, and that's what, I, and that, the song has the memories of that, of like the Sydney Games finishing for me, the closing credits, and that's when you realise when you see all the camera guys and the assistants come up there, like that was the end of the coverage. It was yeah. gone, it was finished. And then on the side, yeah, on the left-hand side was the credits rung, on the right-hand side was all the vision, and then yeah. they played the whole Yutong, U2 song in the background for it. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a random one, but it's it still counts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just every time I hear it, and especially the opening few bars from the song, that's what I automatically think of when I hear this song. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm sure you're probably like going, how does that going to work into something? <laughs> yeah. But no, for me, it. that's what I so And once again, what we talked about, memories, music and memories. Or mm. mm. well, Bono Bono gets a run in the top five unofficial, <laughs> yeah. so he'll probably be, be very happy, I would he'll imagine. He'll be happy about that. Cool. Okay, so number three down for you. Moving on to my number three. Now, I have to be honest, my number three, I wouldn't say it's a cheat, <laughs> but it's not It's not a song necessarily associated with the Olympics, but it's a song that was, for many years, with coverage of these major world sporting events mm. um, associated with it. You're going to know it straight away, I reckon. Um, and it's one that was really heavily associated with the Goodwill Games here in Brisbane in 2001 which is William Orbit's version of Dagio for Strings yes of course um, this was used in all the television campaigns again um, leading up to the Goodwill Games here in 2001 which again we were still very much in Olympic fever mode mm-hmm, um, because it was happening less than 12 months after the Sydney Olympics um, but not even not even that like for swimming world championships and Athletics World Championships and Commonwealth Games and I think even during the Athens Olympics like Channel 7 uses for some highlight stuff Mm. like it's just one of those songs that got associated with with sporting events for for quite a while Mm. after um, after it was released in 2000 and funnily enough um, also in my playlist I have another version of this song which is Tiesto's version of it which he actually did for the Athens Olympics mm. because he he did the um, Parade of Nations. Mm. He he DJed the whole thing, um, and his version of a Dagger for Strings is part. He actually had an album called I think it was Parade of Nations or Parade of the Athletes or something yeah. like that. Um, and it was Parade the, of the Athletes. I think it was called. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm and sure. I, all, I'm sure I actually, I actually bought it. it. It's the only Tiesto album I've ever bought, yep, and I don't think I'd ever buy another one, but just because <laughs> of its association. <laughs> yeah, because it was. It's the music he played during the Parade of Nations mm. in in 2004. But uh, yeah, I mean this this song was used in. I've seen it used so many times in sports coverage that I just, I love how it sort of kicks in here, and then that's usually where all your highlights will start being shown yes. and everything and. I mean, they use this for the music, for the coverage of the opening gala of the Goodwill Games mm. as well. 
Um, it was used for actually it was used for I keep saying it was used for Goodwill Games, but it was used for all the coverage for the Goodwill Games. Um, mm. I think they played it at some events at the Goodwill Games as mm. well, like in between yep. you know sporting events actually happening. Um, so since since sort of more two thousand and one, um, but I've I've definitely associated this with with Olympic games and Commonwealth games mm. and your big world multi sport events. TS uh, Tiesto. William Orbit's um, "They Go for Strings" is is always been a, a stayer for me. Yeah, if I would hear anytime I hear the song, that's what I would associate it with as yeah. well. So yeah, I thought you would. Yeah, yep. <laughs> as soon as I gave the Goodwill Games connection, you'd be all over yep. it. But yep. yeah, no. So that's 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 my number three. So we're getting to the pointy end of the the unofficial countdown. So what is your number two? All right, so my number two is, you know, standing around in that dance techno area yes. is a song called Played Alive and in brackets, <laughs> the bongo song by a little known uh, dance band called Safri Duo. Are they Swedish or something? Or definitely, or? yep, definitely European. Now we just want to listen to the drums. <laughs> it's funny I mentioned the Goodwill Games. Mm. Yeah, that was played quite a lot during the Goodwill Games. But and so like the the, the connection that comes with this song and me, mm-hmm. and then you know in future things that had happened down the track, because I was at the Sydney Olympics and uh, in the stadium when for a lot of athletic sessions, um, what they would do when they were introducing events mm-hmm. and races was the, they would play the bongo song. Oh, they would cool. start it off with that drum beat mm-hmm. and then they would play it for 45 seconds or so mm-hmm. and then they would say, next up on the track is the women's 400-meter hurdles hits yep. and they would have this song playing and that would actually, when you heard that song, it introduces the next event. Mm-hmm. to a, So you would know, you know, you'd hear, you know, the bongo song would come on, and then they be, could be introducing the uh, hammer throw yeah. out in the field. They did the same thing with the Goodwill Games. That's yes. exactly they use the same song because exactly. that's how that's how I associate with it is the Goodwill Games because that's how they used it there. Yeah, and now I hadn't heard this song before the Sydney Olympics, and I I've been I go to a lot of af- national athle- athletics events here in Australia, still and gets played a they lot. still use the bongo song to introduce track events and field events and uh, I've heard it at, they did it at the Commonwealth Games in 2006 yes, they, did. they did it at the Commonwealth Games last year yeah like um, I, in my personal you know, I think that they kind of jumped took Sydney's thing and jumped on board and that's kind of like an official way to introduce well, events in sport I don't particularly know if, athletics I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast but um, I I have a role with the Brisbane Bullets, which is the Brisbane's basketball team in the NBL. Um, so for the last, well, they only returned to the league um, in 2016. So this is their fourth season back, um, and the bongo song gets played a lot at the games as well. Like it was up until last season. Like every every other game, like during whatever was happening, the bongo song you'd hear it every now mm. and again so it, it, it's one I think that's just been adopted by sport in general yep. and he gets played at a lot of sporting events yeah that, and that's my connection I always like I always remember it from the opening few drum beats is when they're about to start like a mm. new event on the track or the field 
Well, it's, it's a good good opener to let people know yeah. what's coming up. Well, it's funny because I, um, after going to the Goodwill Games in 2001, because this, that song was already 12 months old then, um, I, actually, you know what? It was the same trip to the Gold Coast on the same day that I got that Sydney <laughs> logo pin in 2001. I went to a music store. It was a great music store at, at Pacific Fair at the Gold Coast, Sunflower Music. Yep. You'd be familiar. Yeah, um, Sunflower. They had the single still. And I'm like, oh, this is the one from the Goodwill Games. So I bought the single hmm. a year after it came out in 2001. I think I have the CD single somewhere too. I'm sure I do. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it's not a great song, but in terms of, uh, you know, early 2000s dance track, hmm. it was kind of cool. Like, and I just, really liked it. Yeah. And, and it just has that association with sport with me now too. I can place, you know, the first time I hear it. Yes. No, very, very hmm. much so. And this was. And still hearing it ever since at sporting events. Yes, and it was, I'll be honest, when I made my playlist many, many years ago, it was one of the first ones I sought out and put on my put on my iPod because it, it yeah, it's such a sporting song these days and I'm the same mm. as you, immediately associate it with, with sport. Mm. So, my number two is one that I am so surprised you didn't have in your list. Like, I'm genuinely shocked it wasn't in your list and I reckon when I play it, you'll go, oh crap, I forgot about it. Going back to Sydney 2000. Uh, Can you place it yet? It's become unanimous with sport in this country. Yeah. (laughs) And that is Christina Anu's My Island Home. (laughs) Of course. Yep. There's a few different introductions to the song. Now I know. This is the 2000 version. And, and she, look, it's not an official Olympic song. This song is what was performed to open the closing ceremony of Sydney 2000 with her on the Geodome stage. Yep. Um, on top of it, all lit up with all the lights around it. It was, looked beautiful. I'm going to let the chorus play for a bit. But yeah, this was... This version of this song, this song originally came out in like 1995 from her first album, Christina. Now, she's an Indigenous um, Australian, so mm. it was a big deal that she she was kind of the only... Her and Yothi Yindi was sort of the only Indigenous Australian popular music mm. acts that mm. would chart, you know. Mm. Um, and My Island Home came out in, in 1995, and then for her second album in 2000, this version of it was listed as a bonus track. Um, I think this is technically called My Island Home, like, Earth Mix, mix or yeah. something like that. I'm pretty sure this song was written by Paul Kelly, too. Could have been. I yeah. think it was a, an original Paul Kelly well, there song. There you go. It's the only Paul Kelly song I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she 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 performed this version of it, like I said, opening the, the closing ceremony of the Sydney Olympics. And ever since, Christine Arnoux as an artist and this song have been tied to the Sydney Olympics. Mm. Um you know, she performed it on, on the Channel 7 10th anniversary special of the mm. Sydney Olympics. She came out and sang it. Um, she performed... There's a version of this song called Island Home by an Indigenous rapper that samples the chorus of this song. That was performed at the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony mm. last year. Like, it's a, when it comes to big sporting events in Australia, this song is tied to mm. it forevermore. Mm. Um, it's also just a beautiful song. Yeah. And... I'll be honest, in the lead up to the Sochi Winter Olympics, I was in Canada at the time 
And of course, the, the lead up to Winter Olympics, as you can imagine, in Canada is a much bigger deal than it is here in Australia. Mm. You know, like there's the odd TV commercial and stuff, but there were department stores like fully kitted out with Olympic stuff. It was everywhere. Plus, it was also My dream. it was My also dream store. yeah. It was also four years after they'd hosted the the Winter Games. I was in Vancouver mm. on the eve of the, the 2014 Winter Games, and I started listening to my Olympic playlist. And as stupid as this sounds, I'd only been overseas for like four weeks, and this was like two days before I was coming home. But listening to this song in a different country when an Olympics was about to start and you're about to come home, it's kind of emotional. Mm. <laughs> like it, it really was in, yeah. in a, in a it's weird It's a very way. emotive song. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I mean, I know you could technically have like, say, Men at Works Down Under in this countdown as well, because that became such an anthem from the Sydney Olympics. But this song, I just, I love it. And I yeah. adore this version of it. So. Yeah. It's one of my favourite songs choice, of all time, yeah. actually. Yeah, um, that's a great choice. So, yeah, it, it's my number two mm. for my unofficial countdown. So, we're moving on to number one. And if we're talking unofficial countdowns, um, the fact that I didn't know what was in your list, just through process of elimination, <laughs> 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 we've got the same number one. Which I'm just going to start playing it because if I'm wrong, correct me. But I don't think I am. So I've got a feeling that you're not wrong. Am I right? You're right. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> so this is why we're, I guess, why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this song is called "Explosive" by a UK girl group called Bond, which played classical music, mm. but a pop version of classical music. Mm. This song was used relentlessly for the coverage of Ch- on Channel 7 once mm. again for the Athens Olympics. Yeah. Most memorably for me, and it's probably the same for you, this opened their coverage. Mm. So it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, mm. local time. Yep. I'm sure you were when awake live just coverage, like I was yep. when live coverage started. And they did a whole montage of... It was excerpts from the, the official video clip featuring yep. Bond. Um, all mixed with highlights from the Sydney Olympics because yes. it was the previous games yes. leading into Athens and it had I've actually got it on my iPod actually because I ripped <laughs> it off YouTube the version with the commentary um, but we'll be viewing that after this recording <laughs> is finished but you tell the story of what happened with this song in Australia because of the Athens Olympics in Channel 7 yeah, because you worked in music, so yeah. you'll know. Like yeah. this song became a massive hit. Hit, yeah, and their th- album. Yeah, that particular album. I remember w- for the ad, people coming, going, "What's that song that's being used on the Channel Seven ad? What song are you using?" Mm. And like, no one knew the name of the song. No, I didn't know who it was. And you would show them, like the album. You know, before it had happened, you might have stocked one or two of it. Yep, in stock, but coming out like it. Was it, I'm sure it, what did it, it go to, to num- number it, one? So I was going to say it went to number one. Yeah, it went to so number one because that because was the, of thing. the cu- Yeah, this song wasn't available as a single. Everyone no. was coming in asking for the single. It didn't exist. So we were working for different companies, mm. but we both worked in music mm. retail at the time, and everyone was going nuts for this song. Mm. And the music stores and record companies had to order that many copies of it. It went from not even on the charts at all 
to number, number one. one. Yeah, and it stayed it there debuted for a good at three number or four one. weeks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because it was the only place, it's the only so, place you could get it. You know, um, streaming and Wasn't downloading thing. was not not the thing it was back the in two thousand four. Yeah, yes, very early, and you we probably wouldn't find a, a classical you know girl group that plays violins and cellos <laughs> in a in a big iTunes playlist. No, but this this song for me. This may even be, including the official songs, my number one in terms of Olympics. Like, this song, ever since 2004, every Olympic, Commonwealth Games, whatever, whatever it may be, coming up to the release, to, to that those games starting, I will listen to this song, and I will listen to it on repeat, mm. and it gets me so pumped up. Yeah. So pumped up! Yep. I love this song. It has so that much. energy about. Does I think the album was called Born. Born. Yep. Yes. Yes. So with the, the yellow I've cover just, with the four of them I've on the just front. Just started playing the other version. We'll just listen to it for a couple of seconds because I don't want to get in trouble. But this is the version that Channel Seven used to start their coverage on that night in two thousand and four. So you get I, the idea. Like I do, and the whole time you're playing that, I actually see the commercial in my head. Yeah. It was highlights, you have the action, and then it would cut away to them playing, you know, in those split-second yes. shots. There is a part later on where the music sort of breaks down a little bit. We, we, we won't get that into it. I should actually probably fade it down now. <laughs> but um, there is a part where it actually has one Antonio saying, I call upon the youth of the world to assemble in Athens, Greece, because mm. it was, you know, those mm. games. And I love the the line that Bruce McAvaney says, and I remember him saying it during the closing ceremony of the Sydney Olympics, and they play it in, in this song, um, and I'm going to paraphrase here, I'm probably completely going to butcher it, but he's, he comes in, he says like, a world, if only for 16 days, um, joined in complete harmony through the spirit of sportsmanship, or something something to that effect. Mm. Um, and I just love that sentiment. <laughs> like, it, it sums up the Olympics and why I love it so much perfectly. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, th- this was this was a no-brainer for me. Like my number one was always going to be that. explosive from Bond, and yeah, it, it, they it, they for a moment in time, a brief moment in time here in Australia, they had the biggest album in the country, yeah, and the most popular song in the country, and it was all because of Channel 7's advertising yep. and coverage yep. of the Athens mm. 2004 Olympics. Mm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we probably haven't seen that again since. No. The, no. I, there hasn't been a song that any network has used for their coverage of anything that's had the impact that that song did. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Mm. It was such I a I don't even hit. know Bonded together anymore. Probably not. <laughs> no, no. But uh, yeah, so Explosive by Bond is my number one unofficial Olympic song of all time. It's gonna And take, my number one. So. Yeah. It's going to take a long time, I think, for that to be dethroned, mm-hmm. if ever. Mm-hmm. So we've done the unofficial. Let's change course and we'll move on to the official Olympic songs with our top five. Um, and once again, we'll start with you, Trent. So start us off with your number five. All right. So my top five now, just before you play that, top five is a really hard for me. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of songs so that I. are not in here. Um, I was going to make a 
couple of quick honourable mentions yeah, go for, for me. Go for it. Because I could have easily have had a top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, something, you know, that I would have loved to have included in there. Um, I mean, I like the song, even though it was not a lot of people probably did like it, was Bjork's Oceania. Okay. From the games. Yeah, I know I like a lot of people think <laughs> a rambling mess, but looking back on it and the way it was used at the opening ceremony, all that was put in together. Athens, yeah, yeah in, in Athens, yep. Um, I kind of like that, and I can see the purpose of it, yep. as well, of what it was used for as well, you know, with that huge dress that Bjork had on that mm-hmm. fanned out, um, representing the world and stuff like that. So, like, no, I do like that song. Mm. Um, also, I'll. One mention now put in here is you know Brian Adams and Nelly Furtado's "Bang the Drum." Yep. I think that was for that the was Vancouver. Vancouver's Winter Olympics. Yep. Like I I like that song. Like not a lot of people would have heard it. Well, but I'm a just hold off because you might be able to talk about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, also, another honourable mention I'll give that I could have easily put in there was Celine Dion's "Power of the Dream." Yep. Um, which was an official single for the Atlanta mm-hmm. Games. Um, that was they had a few official singles. They did, one. yeah, yeah. And um, that was released as a B side to her single "Because You Loved Me" from One Fine Day. Uh, One Fine Day, yeah. Uh, no, it was a Michelle Pfeiffer Robert Redford movie. Oh, One Fine Day was the George Clooney one mm, that Michelle Pfeiffer was what in. Was that movie? I can't remember now. It was about the weather person, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They were news broadcasters or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I was a bit, and of, because you love me was a massive hit. So yeah. I remember when I was working at Brushes, they repackaged the single because it was around the time of the Atlanta Olympics. Celine had performed it, so they deleted the original single and repackaged it with that. So it was known as "Because You Love Me" slash "The Power of the Dream." I remember a couple of times around the time or after the Atlanta Olympics watching like the top 50 countdown shows and stuff on the, at the time, they actually switched the videos as mm. well mm. To, yes. Show, yes. to show the power of a Yeah, that's right. Just quickly, if you're going to do an honourable mention, there was one, because I didn't know we were going to do honourable mentions, but there was one I do want to make note of for my unofficial songs, an honourable mention. And it's again, it's a random one, but it all comes back to Channel 7 and their coverage. <laughs> and that is Jimmy Eat World's The Middle. Oh, yeah. Because they played that a lot with their Salt Lake coverage. And that mm. was how I discovered that song. It was only new at the time. So I bought the single. Mm. Um, and I, I know it has nothing to do with Olympic Games, but I've always, always tied that song yeah, music to the Olympics. Memories and Association. Yeah. 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 Um, and look, a quick honorable mention for me, it was really hard to keep this out of the top five. I. If it was a top six, I'd have no problem. Maybe it might appear in yours, but um, it was from the Sydney Olympics and it was Vanessa Amorosi doing Heroes Live Forever. I wish... Spoiler alert, it definitely is in my top five, <laughs> so we can still talk okay, about we it. We get to hear it. Okay, so for all all the listeners, I, this should have been in my top five somewhere, but yeah, um, I, got a, I had to mix it up. You I didn't know whether I would be allowed... <laughs> I didn't know whether I'd be allowed to include three from Sydney or whether that's being too biased, so... It's five slash six. Well, I have. <laughs> but, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But like, I'll we'll talk about it later, yeah. hopefully. So, hit so, us up. What's your number five? All right. So, my number five is maybe going to be an interesting choice, people, and maybe one that people don't associate with the Olympics or forget um, was uh, by an artist called Whitney Houston. I'm familiar. You're familiar with her. Um, and the Rings song's a bell. Rings a bell. And the song's called One Moment in Time. And it, so it was from the 1988 Games in South Korea. 
Um, I think it was a very interesting choice to have an American artist sing an official anthem for no strange an Asian having game. Icelandic artist perform the one for Greece. Look, that, and and that's true at the time, but like you know, in 1988, Whitney was at the mm. power peak of her career. Yeah, so well known. Um, and I guess looking back on it now, when you listen to the lyrics and hear the song, it's a perfect Olympic anthem. You know what's funny, and this is probably going to get me shot from hardcore Olympic fans that might <laughs> listen to this, but I, honestly, it's my age. Singer Whitney. <laughs> um, I had no idea this was an Olympic song. Mm. None. Really, yeah. Yeah, because when you said that there was a Whitney Houston song that you needed to make sure I had... I instantly thought it must have been from Atlanta. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, I found it, and I was like, I found it on Spotify, and I'm like, this has no tie to the Olympics. What the hell? And I googled it, and I was like, Soul. Mm. I honestly, I, I, I would have heard this song at some point, mm. but I had no idea it was an Olympic song. And mm. this is one again. I will be adding it to my playlist. Mm. But mm. yeah, I, I had no idea. So mm. you've educated me. Oh, that's good. And this song was a huge hit in America. You're an, old, and you're an old prick. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> well, I've got to include a few golden oldies, yeah. don't I? Um, and it was a huge hit all across the world, particularly in America and the UK. It was like massive number one in Germany, I think, at oh, the time wow. as well. Top 10 single in Australia. Huh. But, um, but, you know, what an interesting choice to have Whitney in South Korea singing it as, mm. you know, as an official. And did she Olympic actually record. perform it? Like at the ceremonies, like any, or was it just used officially, or was it like on an album or something? Or you're not sure? I'm not sure. I think she did go there to perform it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not because again, yeah, I, I, I look. I think I did. Maybe our listeners can put me wrong. I it, was I was four, and yeah. I didn't get like I said previously. I didn't get in the Olympics until '92, mm. really in '96. But it's mm. just my age, like mm. yeah. And I guess the previous Olympics had been Los Angeles '84, mm-hmm. so. A lot of American artists featured in that ceremony as well. Mm-hmm. And like the sole opening ceremony was, you know, right. I guess opened the world to, you know, the culture of Korea and stuff. And mm. then having Whitney's song being the official anthem for it as well. I always liked how the torchbearers for Seoul wore the white gloves. Oh yes, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. So I thought like it'd be good to include something, you know, from you know an early era, beyond eighty, you know, before eighty eight. I'm not that too many familiar with anthems. No, no, nor nor am I. But for me, it was probably the first biggest striking anthem that I remember. Okay, well, Mm. no, that's that's definitely it's an inclusion I certainly wouldn't have picked because, Mm. like I said before, I'd I'd never heard it Mm. or heard of it being an Olympic song before. Mm. So that was that was a nice surprise, Mm. like a nice little Mm. nice little inclusion there. Now, my number five (laughs) is actually one of your. Honorable mentions, <laughs> and how could we get to talk about it? I'm surprised you didn't include it because I know that one of the artists of this song is pretty much your all-time favorite yes, artist. Yes, all-time favorite artist, Brian yeah. Adams. Yes, um, and that is "Bang the Drum," which Brian Adams and Nelly Furtado from the um, Vancouver Winter Olympics um, in 2010. I I've always liked this song, and it's it. I like it because it's not your stereotypical Olympic anthem. Mm. Um, it's not a ballad. It's not sweeping. It's mm. it's a fast-paced, up-tempo um, pop Bri- song. Brian is so good at writing those as well. Yeah, yeah. But and I really, really liked 
how and I'll be honest again this is this is my first real introduction with the Vancouver Olympics was the fact that I didn't realize how big a part of the history sort of you know the the um, Indian culture is mm. for Canada either like that's something as an Australian I didn't mm. realize until Vancouver like with the like and I've since been there like I said before but like totem poles and things are such a mm. an icon in Canada mm. um, so having sort of the Indian like drums and stuff in this is is awesome and I love a song that has a really good drum element to mm. it like I love the animal song from mm. Savage Garden mm, yes. sort of that. like I love drums in songs and there is a part towards the end of the song that it is literally just you know the the indigenous drums and stuff and it, it's it's really really cool mm, mm. Um, but yeah it's I, I like it and I included it because it is different mm. it, it's it's that yeah it's unlike any Olympia yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad we got to talk about it somewhere yeah. Brian's voice is very suited to um, duets as well mm-hmm. like he's very easy to sing with I yeah. mean he's had a lot of hits here but one of his biggest hits was his duet with Mel C from exactly when you're gone like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that still gets airplay yeah absolutely it does yeah. you can hear the like the, the Indian drum and stuff mm. I just really really like this song so it, it's come in at number 5 for me um yeah, I, I just, I really, really like it. <laughs> I don't know what else I can say. So, yeah, my number five from Vancouver 2010 is Bang the Drum, Brian Adams, your favourite artist, <laughs> and, and Nelly Furtado. So, now, moving on to your number four. All right, my number four is we're going to go back to Spain. <laughs> yes. And I think, yeah, we're going to go back to Spain. The Barcelona Games, um, a huge, big, could you call it a, a popera song? Yeah. There's not really an opera element to this song. I, I mean, it's it's definitely more... Cla- I mean, you've got a, two opera... Perf- well, you've got an opera singer and a musical theatre singer yeah. performing it. Um, would this have to arguable, arguably be, even today, the biggest... Worldwide hit I from would, an Olympics, yeah, I think. Yeah, like a song's called Amigos para Siempre, which translates to Friends for Life. Friends for Life. Um, performed at the. I op- can't remember. Yeah, I think it was the opening ceremony. I honestly can't remember if it was In opening Barcelona. or closing. Because, again, I'm too young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this song, I remember. It went to number one in Australia. It went to number in Australia for three weeks. And to my disgust, Rage would not play the film clip. Was there a film clip? There was an official film clip from it, but it included Olympic footage in it. Okay. Like from previous Olympics, and they updated it to include a little bit of Barcelona footage. Okay. But I have a feeling that Rage probably didn't play it too because it wasn't, was it seen as an opera song? True, but... But it was a hit in this country for three weeks at number one. I mean, I, like I said, I, I I remember, obviously, the Barcelona games quite clearly. But again, I was very young. Um, but even I remember this song being a big deal. Mm. Um, I, was, and, I was eight. And part know? of being a big deal, it was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Who, like, you know, in the 80s and 90s, at, 
the absolute peak of his career writing those yeah. famous musicals. The reason Sarah Brightman's famous. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think Sarah Brightman was still his wife at this at that particular time as well. And the three tenors were just coming into the peak of their they careers were a huge as well. Yeah. You know, which Jose Carreras was a part Can you hear of. A funny story. Yeah. Is a couple of years ago now. I've, I wouldn't have mentioned this on this show before, but my wife is actually a professional opera singer. Um and much to her disdain, <laughs> several years ago, she did a, a performance um, for an organisation and they asked her to sing this song. So there was a while there um, when she was prepping for that show, I would hear sort of the, the instrumental version of this song <laughs> quite a lot around There's the house. There's that big chorus. Yeah. <laughs> with, with her practising singing this song. And I always laugh because it's just like, oh, two of my loves coming together. <laughs> like my lovely wife and my love for the Olympics, <laughs> like finally, because she's not a sports fan, like not in terms of like you and I. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, hearing her sing this was, although it was a funny moment, it was still a cool moment because mm. yeah, it was sort of the... The two meshing together. Yeah, yeah. Look, I still have my cassette single of oh, yeah. it. Big key yeah. change. There's the opera. Yeah. <laughs> no, and this was one of the ones where I was like, let's be honest, your top five is going to include this, 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 and this, and this is one of the ones that I yeah. knew it was going to include. Uh-huh. <laughs> Deserving of a rude message. Yeah. So, so number four, uh, Amigos Para Siempre. Mm. Um, like Brackets I said, Friends for Life. Arguably, to this day, still the biggest worldwide hit mm. um, to come from an Olympic Games because it was, yeah, it was a smash hit. And I, I mean, yes, here in Australia, but I, I'm not sure if it was if it was like that in other parts of the world. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised because it was. I think New Zealand jumped on board with it as well. No, they probably did. Mm. They probably I mean, that's what it counts as Australia, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> except for actual sport where we just take the piss out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I still never forget. Sorry to all the New Zealanders. I still listening. never forget on the dream in 2000 when Astri- when New Zealand won their first gold medal. Yeah. And it was in the rowing. Yeah. And Roy made the comment of, "Don't New Zealanders do their best when they're sitting down going backwards?" backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and they said the the um the high the the headline in the newspapers the next day was going to be Waddell's golden shower, <laughs> 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 which at the time. I didn't get, mm. <laughs> but I got as I got older. <laughs> you know, good on you, New Zealand. Rio was their most successful Olympics. They Very got the true. same amount of gold medals as us. They only finished underneath us on the medal table because they had fewer silver medals. That's but true. like, I think come Tokyo, they're going to be quite a powerhouse. Look, it's a love-hate relationship with New Zealand. We we love them, but we love to be sporting enemies. And it's the mm. same with them. Like They mm. love us, but we're, we're sporting nemesis. Like, yep. we're, they're kind of... Would you say the little cousin yes. to Australia? Yeah. You're my cousin, bro. Yeah. And it's, that's sort of what it is. It's, it's a really competitive thing. So I know no one would take offense to, no. to that. So my number four is one that I, I'm not sure if you'll remember or not. Um, we're going back to 2002 um, to Salt Lake to the official theme of the Salt Lake um, Winter Olympics performed by Leanne Rhymes, And that's Light the Fire Within. Uh, yeah, I do remember it now. I will be honest, I did forget that that was the official <laughs> anthem. Yeah. I like Leanne Rhymes. Yeah. Of course. Because this was, this was her heyday when she kind of switched from mm. country to pop. Like, yep. Can't Fight the Moonlight was, mm. you know, mm. the year before. Actually, it was the number one single in Australia mm. the year before mm. in 2001. Mm. It was a massive hit mm. off the back of Coyote Ugly mm. and... Mm. Yeah, so she performed the the official anthem for the Salt Lake Games. Um, 
really, really cool performance too. Um, <laughs> cool, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing I remember so much about the, the Salt Lake opening ceremony with the performances, and look, every opening ceremony is guilty for it. None of the artists perform live. Mm. <laughs> they all mime. Yeah. Um, but it was just so obvious in, in Salt Lake because it was so cold. And you've got like the Dixie Chicks and stuff performing, you know, on their banjos or whatever in mittens. <laughs> and like Sting doing that weird song with the celloist. And it's yeah. just like, it was just because it was so cold and they just rubbed up so much. Like it was so obvious. But I, and I will just let this play for a second because I love the chorus of this song. And I will say, I I bumped a song to put this one in, but I know mm. it's a song that's going to be in your top five, so <laughs> we have to talk about it. But yeah, I, th- I think it's a forgotten Olympic song, mm. um, and it's again, it's just one that I really, really like, and it's one of those, it's one of those really nice, sweeping, inspirational mm. ballads, mm, mm. Um, you know, that the Olympics are famous for. But yeah, I just I I adore this song. It's and I think the f- one of the reasons why I love it so much is it is one of the forgotten mm, ones. Mm. I think people like yourself like, oh yeah, yeah. Leanne Rhymes. So yeah, yeah I, I, I do remember it now. Yeah, yeah. So that that's my number four. I, I really like this song, and that's that's light the fire from within. So light the fire within from um, Salt Lake in two thousand and two. So we're we're at the hump now. We're at the hump. Oh. It's it's the halfway just before we get into the our top two. So, start us off, Trent. What's your number three? All right. Well, my number three is going to be from one of my all-time favorite Australian artists. I re- yes. You know, I, like, I love this woman. I think she's had an amazing career and such a deserved career in Australia. Um, it's by a wonderful artist called Tina Arena, and the song's called The Flame okay. from the Sydney Olympics. <laughs> oh, what's okay? Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. this song is still yet to come in my countdown. Uh-huh, so, so we, we won't play it yet. Uh-huh. We'll wait till we get to it and we can just talk about it once okay. instead of doubling up. All right. So my number three. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, well, then let's move on to your number three yeah. then. Oh, I'm, I'm worried because I have a feeling it might be the same thing where <laughs> this might be higher in your list. My number three is from Sydney 2000 as well. Mm, okay. And it's a duet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a... Well, there's only one duet. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's coming up in your countdown I've, as well. I've got a feeling we can't talk about this. Okay, cool. So, well, okay, so we're not, <laughs> so we're not doubling up. It so can't be we'll, any other song than what I'm thinking of, cool. so which means that you cannot talk about it. Cool. Yet. <laughs> so we'll move on to your number two. two. Yeah. And we'll we'll circle back to the songs when we overlap. So, what is your number two? And can we talk about it? <laughs> Let me just ask, what Olympics is it from? It's from Atlanta in 96. We can talk about it then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the same number two. No. That's good. So, what's your number two? Right, so, my number two was from Atlanta, 1996, by the wonderful Grammy Award winning superstar that is Gloria Stefan. Yes. And her song, Reach. I thought it was Miami Sound Machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was in the Miami Sound Machine, yes. Um, I... This really, is one I can remember being in the top 50 yeah, in 96. Yeah, yeah, I really adore this song. I love it. Um, it's a great song. Yeah, and it's what really got me into, 
you know, loving Olympic anthems because I loved Amigos mm-hmm. Para Zampre and this one, but just the lyrics, mm-hmm. the way the song is produced, manufactured, those big sweeping, the drums, drums. The, yep. the pipes mm-hmm. as well, and the lyrics. Yes. Let's listen. I love the ending of this song. The ending is the best part of the song. I love the ending of this yep. song. <laughs> and that's the that the power of it. And mm. I just think it's such a great Olympic anthem. Like, it really you know, is. Like, you know, afl- I'm sure if af- athletes listening to this song, Even how it could pump them up. But 20 some, some years later. Yeah, you know, and the message of the song too, you know, just try your very best. You don't have to win. Mm-hmm. Only three people leave the Olympics with medals. Yes. Well, in any event, yeah. yeah. But, you know, just try your very best. And, you know, you never know what could happen. Mm. You don't have to be a world champion to am win I, the Olympic gold and medal. And the video clip for this was kind of like a black and white, like, sepia-toned It was, thing, it was yeah. yeah. And they edited it to include some Barcelona footage in it. Because mm-hmm. when the song came out, it the Olympics hadn't started yet. It was from her album, Destiny. Did she perform this? Yeah, she performed it at the opening. Her and Celine both performed at the opening Which ceremony. Which was the one... I think I'm remembering this right because, well, the Atlanta opening ceremony is something I've seen once. <laughs> um, did she perform this sort of up on top of the stands with like massive like banners and stuff? Yes. Like, or and was that Celine? No, I think that was um, Gloria. And they had the um, like the silhouettes in the middle of the arena while she was performing I've, it? Yes, I think that is because Celine's is more a sweeping ballad. Yeah. Which is much softer. This was a big production, and listen. Yes. And when the end of the song comes out, when the lyric vocals had finished, yep, like that's where the big power comes along. And I find that inspiring. Like I really do I'm love actually, this song. I'm actually going to skip. All right, I'm going to skip to the end so we can hear that ending. But yeah, it's and yeah. also this was this was my honourable mention. I think this would bubble outside your top five. I think. Here we go. Don't want to play too much, <laughs> but yeah, this but, this was. But isn't I, that the ending of the song? Just it's awesome and anthemic and yeah, like, it really you know, is. And this was one I bumped to put in like the fire within. Okay, yeah. Purely because a on you, you'd have it, but also like I said, I I love the fire within because it's that forgotten. Mm, one. Mm. Um, whereas this one, I I think any Olympic fan would remember it very clearly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I do remember this being. A, and I remember and listening. It was a minor hit here it, in Australia. It was a minor hit here in Australia, and I think the Olympics helped it um, be a bigger hit than probably what it was. But I remember listening to an interview with Gloria about it and how she wrote it as well to go with the inspiration behind her recovery from that awful car accident yes. where you know where she you know barely survived, mm-hmm. and you know she can see the achievements of these of the athletes and you know giving their best at something that they love to do so and uh i think it was wonderful that she got to be a part of it and you know for me that song i can listen to at any time and i'll still enjoy it no matter what and for a lot of people probably don't even realize that it was an olympic anthem but no. i think it's a a great pop song and b it's an an amazing olympic mm. official olympic theme song mm. so my number two is your number three Ah, so we okay. can talk about it now. So okay, we can the, talk about it now. This is the yeah. Tina Arena song. Yep. Um, this this kind of became, I guess, 
would you say the official anthem for the Sydney Olympics? Like, I think this one w- would be because they filmed a video clip for it. Yeah, and it was released. It was released a little bit before the opening ceremony. Yes, they because we knew it, this was going to be coming in the opening ceremony. They released it to radio a few days before the opening ceremony, and it got radio airplay here in yep. Australia. And this is Tina Arena's "The Flame," um, famously written by. Um, I say John famously, Foreman. John Foreman, who's mm. a famous musical director here in Australia. He kind of would actually launch, like, made him known for his musical yes. direction as opposed to just being the guy on Good Morning Australia. That's right. <laughs> with Burt Newton. Uh, but this is this is a terrific... Let's just... Yeah, this is, this is one of those... I love this song, Brendan. I really do. Oh, so do I. So do I. It's... It's a fantastic, yeah. I'm I'm not going to torture our listeners with me singing to it. (laughs) See, this for me is, and it's the same as my number one, which I'll get to, is as good as the song is, it's the memory that it triggers in me. Yeah, same. Because this was the song that they played right before the flame entered the stadium. The anticipation was palpable. Mm. Like, I mean, I know for people like you and me, for the average show watching, probably not. No. They're probably just thinking, Christ, <laughs> this has been going for two and a half hours. Yes. Can you hurry up? <laughs> but I just remember feeling so, like, the tension in myself of just thinking, like, oh my God, we're about to find out who the torchbearers are. Mm. The cauldron is about to be lit. This has been the most asked question since Muhammad Ali lit mm. the flame four years ago, who is it going to be? Mm. What is it? Go- How are they going to do it? Like, and and the one part that I just love, and I still every time I hear this song on its own, I can see it so clearly. Um, and it's it's coming up actually. I'll I'll, I'll mention it. I'll t- I'll mention it when it gets here. But it's the it's when um, the stadium, like the torch, was actually. Not entering the stadium in terms of entering the main arena, but Herb Elliott running the like the last leg before it went into the stadium, and it's it was right here actually. Right there, and they cut away from her singing to Herb running into the tunnel um, to hand it off to the people as they as they actually went into the stadium and. The people standing around, they were the volunteers, they were the, the um, you know, the um, support runners and stuff, and they were just going nuts because it was like, holy shit, the moment has finally arrived. Mm. Like, this was the moment the games were about to start. Mm. And yeah, it was just, it was, it's a beautiful song mm. for such a beautiful moment. Mm. And I've seen Tina Arena. In concert many times I've never heard her sing it live Beyond that yeah. Maybe there's rules and regulations Where she's not allowed to But it's well, so maybe not Because <laughs> we'll come to one <laughs> um, It's so suited to her voice But the lyrics And the images that can evoke Yeah It's, an it's Olympic, a beautiful It's an Olympic anthem It's a beautiful song Through and through Yeah Yeah And it's a reason my, It's a reason yeah, She looked amazing two. In that gold dress In the, in the opening ceremony She did she looked amazing in that gold dress, and it was a bit cold. Mm. 
too. Mm. And I, which you could tell from the gold dress she was wearing. I had met Tina a couple of times, and you and I met her together a few years ago at work. She did an in-store appearance. Yeah. And what did we get signed that day, Trent? I got my opening ceremony DVD signed. That's right. <laughs> because she performed the flame at the right. opening ceremony. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I remember talking to her once um, about it and, I, like, you know, not knowing how it worked, but um, she had to, of course, lip sync that because of they're course, not going to yeah. take any chances. But she was, you know, so insistent on trying to perform it live, but they just would not let her yeah. do it because she doesn't lip sync. She's not a lip syncing yeah. artist and she was quite upset about not being able to perform that live. But I think she could have handled it. Yeah. Voice, but yeah. It's it's not even a fact of the artist not being able to handle it. It's purely for audio quality. Yeah, and, and you, things yeah, like you that. can't like, afford anything like that. Yeah. No, it's it, it's I, I understand why, but I also understand the artist mm. why they want to be able mm. to perform it live. Of course you want to be able to perform mm. live because that's mm. what artists do. Mm. So that brings us to your number one, which I have a feeling was my number three. <laughs> so yes. we can talk about it. So <laughs> it's, it's your number one. So yeah. you, you take it away. Uh, well, my number one is from two iconic Australian singers as well. Um, you know, maybe you might have heard of one of them. His name's John with the surname of Farnham. One of my favourite artists of all time. <laughs> <laughs> You've had one of yours, and I've had one of mine. Yes. And uh, an, Americans an, will be more familiar with the other half of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and an amazing Australian artist, well, called Olivia Newton-John. Yes. And the song's called "Dare to Dream." It is from the Sydney Olympic Sydney opening Olympics. ceremony. So, well, it's your number one. So I'll let you take the lead because um, there's a lot I want to say about this one too. <laughs> yeah, we, we probably share the same opinions. Like, I just, I think. After it was over, and I got the um, the DVD of the opening ceremony, one the fact of recording it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I used to just rewind the song and watch it again, and rewind it and watch it again. Mm-hmm. For me, it's my moment of the opening ceremony, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just the song and the way they sing together, and. The they're way they productive together. Yeah, they performed together before this in Australia, and they'd performed. They've performed after. They've even released a Christmas album together. Mm. That's just the chorus. So I just I really love this song, and for me, it is the Olympic anthem. The lyrics, just the way it was performed together, the production when they were doing it, walking through the crowd, through the athletes. Yes, like they started on the stage and then they they ended up, they walked straight up the centre of the stadium because this Hmm. they performed this directly after all the athletes had entered the stadium. So Australia had come in, everyone was Ladies and gentlemen, John Farnham and Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, Hmm. um, and I guess for our international listeners um, who would have no idea who John Farnham is, I guess the best way to explain him would be he's kind of a cross between Australia's Neil Diamond and Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Neil Diamond in the way that he was a 60s pop icon. So you've got your grandmas who love him. But he in the 80s, he had a massive resurgence and became this pop rock, like selling out arenas and stadiums around the country. Um like a Bruce Springsteen, mm. so he's kind of the two of them fused together, and he's he's arguably the country's most fa- popular artist. Yes, um, yep. and he's a generational artist where grandparents to 
little kids love and know John Farnham. Mm. Um, so it was a no-brainer to have John Farnham feature massively at our opening mm. ceremony. And it was genius to have him paired up with Olivia Newton-John mm. because that gave the international notoriety. Yeah. And like I said, they'd toured previously before. Mm. Uh, they'd toured Australia together. Which brings me to a memory that we both have from 2015 when they toured Australia again. Mm. And it was, again, it was another huge arena tour. So big stadiums like Seoul that we, like I think it was where we saw them was like 12 to 15,000. It was mm. a sellout performance. Yeah. And it was called the Two Strong Hearts Tour. And they they performed this live. Yeah. And um, I mean, like this is, that song is the reason I went to the show. Yeah. To be able to see them perform it because they hadn't, before that tour, they no. hadn't performed it together at all since no. the opening ceremony, and they both have admitted that. Like, yeah. I mean, there was never probably well, an opportunity, opportunity but I'm so happy that they included and that. And the thing in the that playlist. was awesome about it is this was the song they played before Interval, so they did. They sort of did a throwback to what they did the night of the opening ceremony. So they started on stage, mm. and here at this part, they started walking through the crowd like they did the athletes mm. um, and then exited at the back of the arena mm. so, you know before interval and it was just I'm the same as you like I never thought I'd get to see that song perform mm. live mm. and we did and mm. it was to be honest awesome. with you I think we were probably the only two we people in the crowd that, that were yeah getting so much from I that song being performed. We appreciated that more than anyone else in that building. <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was my number three. Um, again, John Farnham is one of my two or three favourite artists of all time. The only reason it wasn't number two is just because of how good a song The Flame is mm-hmm. and and how much I love The Olympic Flame <laughs> and, yes. and the memories that it, yep. that it brings up. Yep. So actually, you talk about performing live. I do re- clearly remember... Pardon me for the last couple of lines of that song. On the night, you can if you watch the DVD or watch it on YouTube, like you can hear the change in audio. They do flick it over, and they do perform the last couple of lines live. I've always thought because that, at yeah. the end of it, they do talk into the microphone and wish mm. the athletes luck. Mm. Um, they would have had to have been getting the microphones ready <laughs> for yeah. for their vocals, anyway. and that's the yeah. only reason. Mm. So, like, they would have been singing live, but you. You know, you couldn't, couldn't hear, hear it. it. Yep. But, yeah, they switched over for that last mm. couple of... Like, it was the last Dare to Dream that they both sing. Mm. You can hear the change in audio because it goes really echoey. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and then they wish the athletes luck. So, yeah, I that was one of the ones I knew it was going to be your number one. <laughs> so, you were, you say, yeah, you'd be fine to be able to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, moving on to my number one. Which, um, I've wor- which I've worked out what it is now. <laughs> and I'm glad because I really wanted this to talk about this song. Yeah. yeah, I really wanted to talk about and include this song. This is, um, again, it's such a, like, again, we said before, like, if you've listened to this show four episodes in, there's a clear bias towards the Sydney Olympics here because, look, I make no apologies for it. It's the only Olympics we've had in our country in our lifetime. Mm. And it, it holds such a special place in both our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a song called Heroes Live Forever um, by an Aussie artist named Vanessa Amorossi. She was a huge pop artist in Australia at the time. Like, mm. huge charting album. Yep. Had toured with Savage Garden, mm. another one of my favourite acts of all mm. time. Mm. Um, and had a massive hit with Absolutely Everybody, which she... Actually, I'll mention it now so I don't forget... 
Vanessa Amorossi performed at the opening ceremony of the Sydney Olympics with this song. Yeah. And she performed at the closing with her huge party anthem, Absolutely Everybody, mm. and then performed again at the Paralympics. Mm. I can't remember if it was the op- opening or close. Oh, it was the closing again, mm. I'm pretty sure. Mm. She performed there as well, a few of her hits. Mm. Um, I think she performed The Power and Absolutely Everybody mm. again. Mm. Um, there's something about this song because lyrically, it's a very simple song mm. because there's only really the one verse and then it's just the chorus repeated over and over and the chorus is literally just Heroes Live Forever yeah. <laughs> over and over. Right. Mm. But it is such... It's such an um, inspiring song. Mm. Um, and again, it comes back to moments. Mm. And as much as I love The Flame and I love everything else... My favourite moment of the opening ceremony of Sydney is the moment she performed this song because at the far end of the stadium, that massive white flag, flag. came at one end of the stadium. And just, here's the chorus. And it was... This, this piece of material was huge. Like, it covered one whole end of the grandstand and the biggest point of the grandstand too those sort of huge parts that Mm. stuck out and then I don't know how many this would have taken so much practice because it went over one end of the grandstand they were projecting images of like past Olympic champions Mm. Um, I remember a huge cheer from the crowd when Kieran Perkins Perkins image went on there that's the Um, image that I associate with the footage and the song yeah and you know they got it down into the centre of the stadium across this is again all the athletes are in the centre of the grounds at the time and they were all all under this one massive flag and they projected um, the dove because the dove always gets um, you know some sort of recognition mm. the dove of peace so they, they projected the dove on it um, and then after that the dove sort of scattered out and then the Olympic rings formed and it was every single athlete I'm getting because <laughs> I'm talking about it. It was every single athlete of the Sydney Olympic Games all under the one flag under the Olympic rings. Mm. And that image of the Olympic rings covering the whole floor of the stadium, this song playing, all the camera flashes going off in the stadium mm. and underneath like, all mm. the athletes are taking mm. photos mm. and stuff. Mm. It was just amazing. Mm. I, I, I just... It was my favourite moment and... It's always been my favourite Olympic song ever since. It's, like I said, it's a simple song. I know there are arguably better songs out there, um, but it just but, holds such a special and place in my heart. It's a song that like builds to the end. It doesn't. Oh, that, it doesn't thing. let go. The it whole builds. song builds like the mm. tempo the whole it, way. Mm. And I think that's what appeals to me about it because. You know, the chorus when she first sings it is much lower mm. than when she sings it at the end here. And Vanessa Morossi can hold a note like mm. crazy, mm. as you can hear. Mm. And oh, it's just it's just a spectacular song. Um, it was very hard for me to not have that in the top yeah. five. And I'm glad that we and got And look, it top. was very hard for me not to have Reach yep. in my top five. Mm. And I think had there been a top ten, they obviously both would have been in there for both of us. Mm. But I also think that... Had we not known each other so well, <laughs> known one of us was going to include it, we, we probably would have yeah. been a little bit different. But there you have it. That's yeah. that's our, our top 10. That's us talking about music, which yeah. we love, 
<laughs> and Olympics, which we love. Yeah. It's like the perfect podcast. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if it'll win any awards, but it's no. certainly... <laughs> we got to talk about two things that we love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, look, we'll do a quick recap. And I'm not going to do this in order because I can't remember um, the, the all the orders. But um, in terms of unofficial, your songs were um, Carry the Flame... Beautiful day, ready to fly, played alive, and explosive. Yes, my five unofficial were as same as you, explosive. Then my island home, day go for strings, salt water, and where I'll stay. Uh, and then official between the two of us, we had bang the drum, light the fire within, dare to dream, the flame, heroes live forever, reach, um, one moment in time, and amigos Paris and praying. Mm. So we've got a, f- yep. a fair. We've gone from we went from ninety eight. Sorry, we went from eighty eight through till, in terms of official, two thousand and two. Yeah. Or yeah, two thousand and yeah, two, yeah, 2000. yeah. In terms of when the songs yeah. were released, yeah, mm. yeah. So we've covered a, a bit of ground mm. there. And you know, is it fair to say that say for Rio and London, there really wasn't outstanding Olympic anthems that we would really that are etched in our minds like not that i can think have, of london, they real- london used existing pop, pop songs, songs yeah really um which we, look they were fantastic like london are my favorite ceremonies since sydney mm. um but i can't look and i think this is the thing where language comes into play mm. because if rio did have one i can't remember it mm. and that's probably due to a language barrier so i'm not going to remember a song mm. you know that was all yeah, you know, so it's one of those things. But look, I it's going to be interesting to see what Tokyo do because you. I often find that y- your um, particularly your Asian countries, um, like they will usually have an English spoken song mm. um, well, in there. In Beijing, one of the official anthems there, Sarah Brightman sung it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll we'll obviously talk about it in in nine Late, months time yeah exactly <laughs> so look i think that's where we're going to leave um this episode of the sitting on our rings podcast we've this has actually gone a um a little bit longer than i thought it would <laughs> we love to talk about music and sport <laughs> indeed we do so yeah um I, i'm t- sorry i've just got a little bit lost for words there i was sort of thinking what what am i doing because my music wasn't playing so, yeah, we're, we're going to close out this episode here. Um, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, and you can find us at sittingonourrings.podbean.com, on Twitter at podcast or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash podcast. So that's where we'll leave it for today. On behalf of Trent, I've been Brendan. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. <laughs>